Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Today's episode of Elevating Motherhood is sponsored by Blossom and Root, a nature-based Charlotte Mason-inspired homeschool curriculum company that has been gently guiding and supporting families for years. This thoughtful, age-appropriate curriculum begins at the preschool level with options through elementary grades and more grade levels are being released each year. My family has used Blossom and Root from the very beginning of our homeschool journey, and we love it. The curriculum and lessons are easy to follow, super fun, and can be as flexible or mapped out as you need. If you're looking for an inspiring homeschool curriculum to help you lovingly teach and guide your children, I highly recommend Blossom and Root. Using their curriculum has brought so much connection and joy to our family's homeschool days. I love it. So do my kids. Blossom and Root has generously offered a discount code for listeners of Elevating Motherhood. Use the code LORIBETH10, L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your purchase. I also have more information about Blossom and Root over at elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool. That's elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool. I hope you'll check it out. And if you have any questions, send me an email. I am always happy to chat with families about it. Elevating Motherhood is coming to life over on Patreon. I'm super stoked to let you know I'll be over there more than any other platform connecting with you and other incredible mamas. It is such a great space where we can have deep dive discussions about today's topic and every other topic discussed here on the show. I'll also be hosting virtual classes once a month for moms. April 2021 is already up and May's class goes live on Friday, May 21st. May's class is going to be called Decoding Your Birthday with numerologist Nadia Bernardi. Nadia gives us all the information that we need to do our own numerology charts and really anyone's numerology chart that we know, our husbands, our partners, our siblings, (laughs) our children, It's so cool. I actually plan to do each of my kids and I don't know, I might do my siblings in there too. (laughs) Nadia also sheds light on what each numerology number one through 11 means. So if you've ever been sitting in your car and you notice the clock every time it says 1111, or you see 555 everywhere around you on license plates and buildings and things like that, she gives you the meaning behind all of that. It is amazing. Go check out the details at patreon.com forward slash elevating motherhood. I am really loving that space. It's ad free. It's off of social media. There's no distractions. 
just a place to connect with other moms. It's already been so refreshing and life-giving to be able to connect deeper with you all over there. I am so stoked for you to join us. Patreon.com forward slash elevating motherhood. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash elevating motherhood. Aloha mamas. I'm so stoked to be coming to you with another solo show to talk about something that's been on my heart for a lot of years. In fact, when I first thought about starting a podcast, I wasn't sure what to call it. And one of the things I wanted to address very directly was toxic messaging in motherhood. And I really wanted to tackle it head on. I wanted to use the word toxic. I wanted to just call out these messages, these memes, these like undercurrents in our motherhood culture, especially here in the United States. And I felt like I got a lot of pushback from um, some people um, when this was in the idea phase, just saying, I'm not sure about using the word toxic. I think that that might turn a lot of people off. So over the years, because I've been doing this for a couple years now, and I have tried to find a better word to describe what it is I'm seeing. And with all of the wackiness in the world and all of the stress that we're under, I've watched some of these toxic messaging memes, ideas, oh man, unspoken expectations just kind of seep into our motherhood culture even more. And it's still toxic. And I think that it's time to just call a spade a spade and, and point it out point blank. So that is what I'd like to talk with you about today. I want to provide some examples of what I find to be toxic messaging in motherhood you know, what makes these messages toxic, um, and how they apply to some people, but not all people, right? Because all of these examples I'm going to give, I'm going to throw the filter on of there is no one size fits all answer for anybody ever about anything. And that includes whether or not a message or a motherhood idea or cultural idea is toxic to you or not. And then I also want to, share what it is we can do about this toxic messaging for ourselves and then also for our sisters and offer out some ideas about what I'd rather see normalized than these messages. So I have quite the list. So we're just going to hop right in. When I dissect these motherhood messages and look at them, when memes come across my social media feed and they rub me the wrong way, or they make me groan in a bad way. Like, Oh, I I feel sorry for these moms. And then I kind of sit back and wonder like, well, should I feel sorry for them? You know, other people are different than me. A lot of people might find humor in this. I try to overanalyze, I guess, or think about what these messages might be doing for moms, you know, the positives, the negatives, all of that. And I basically have come up with five questions I ask myself or five lenses I put on to look at these messages to figure out what I don't like about them. And the very first lens I put on is the versus lens. So any message out there that pits moms against each other and just dumps gasoline on this versus culture that we have about every topic. I mean, even outside of motherhood, my gosh, politics, religion, all of it. So 
what I'm talking about specifically with motherhood is like the breastfeeding versus bottle feeding campaigns that, you know, public school versus homeschool, anything that has a versus in there, if it creates a bigger divide to me, that signals that that is a toxic message for moms to be hearing versus anything versus creates a point of comparison, um, either for the mom who feels like she's on one side of the, the fence, comparing herself to the other one, which, you know, then makes you feel like you want to be defensive about your choice. And then there's judgment too, right? We're judging the person who's on the other side of the, the versus fence. And it turns us away too, I think for what's best for our family, because then it says you have to choose a side. You know, there's the versus is the big fence in the middle. And are you a breastfeeder or are you a bottle feeder? Well, the truth is for a lot of people, they're both or they're exclusive pumpers or, you know, breastfeeding one week and then pumping the next and just trying to sort it out that once you identify with one of those verses, a lot of moms end up feeling really stuck on one side of the fence and they feel like they have to stay there and that they, they can't betray, you know, the, the side that they've chosen, you know, or they really have to stick, stick to it. And, and I think there's a big difference between determination and like trying to find answers. There's just no fence. There's just no sides is really what it comes down to because those breastfeeding versus bottle feeding, it just makes people feel like crap. If they end up choosing something on the other side, quote unquote, you know, public school versus homeschool. There are people who put their kids into public school and then pull them and then homeschool them. That doesn't mean you're automatically on against the public school at that point, you know, or there's homeschoolers who then put some of their children into a brick and mortar school. Well, that doesn't mean you're anti homeschool. All of a sudden, all of this anti and versus, oh my gosh, so toxic. And it just makes us doubt ourselves and then limits our choices or, you know, limits our beliefs too. And our perspective, if you feel like the person on the other side of a fence is against you or is judging you, you're probably not going to open up and listen to their perspective or listen to what it is they chose and why, and all of that. And they could be just invaluable resources and And they're just moms. They're just sisters alongside of us who want support and want to offer support. So if there's ever any messages out there, memes out there and undercurrents out there that promote this versus or anti culture, I mean, whew, I I try to push that to the wayside as best I can, because I don't know, I think it's time we tear down all those versus fences. The second lens I put on when I'm looking at messaging toward moms, and this includes blogs, really, really super popular quote unquote blogs that if you do a quick online search, you'll actually find that these big name blogs are owned by huge and huge corporations that have nothing to do with motherhood it's an ad campaign and they're trying to sell you things. So that's the lens I put on for a lot of this stuff is, is this blog article? Is this message? Is this meme? Is this video? Is this real? Is it trying to sell me something? Is this an ad campaign that's promising me an easier life and convenience? And they're trying to sell me a product that will make my motherhood easier for only $400, you know, (laughs) just 
is in an ad campaign. And one of the biggest ad campaigns out there is actually the targeting of moms with wine. I don't know if any of you have read the book by Holly Whitaker, Quit Like a Woman, or Laura McCowan's book, We Are the Luckiest. She was on the show. I'll link to her episode in the show notes as well. But we talk about mommy wine culture and how that is introduced into our everyday lives and has become this funny sort of you know, meant to be lighthearted thing, but it's actually part of a larger ad campaign with big alcohol. And it's interesting because I just did an interview with Jillian of mom camp and she's like, well, I can't think of a single like commercial or anything like that, that really targets moms specifically, but the cultural undercurrent is there. I just watched the show, a discovery of witches And wow, (laughs) the wine is in absolutely every single scene. And that entire series, that book, everything is like super targeted at women. And it's like, oh my gosh, almost like a grown up twilight, if you will, with just wine in every single scene, wine shirts. The second you walk into target wine, this wine, that, and I'm not against people drinking wine. I think that it's just important to be aware of how it has infiltrated our culture in general and how it's specifically infiltrated our motherhood culture. And there are many people out there, and I I would say myself included, that feels like the tipping point has been reached and it's actually starting to tip into an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and all of this messaging and the shirts, the, the glasses, um, the wine glasses that say mommy wines because my kids wine, it's just encouraging an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and openly blaming, um, any problems with alcohol or escapism on our children. And I would like to point out And this, it feels, I feel so uncomfortable talking about this, but I think it's really important. There are many adults who are recovering from this type of abusive childhood where they are the children of alcoholics. And now our culture is celebrating it and encouraging it. And so now we have women who are married to partners who are struggling with this, trying to deal with this. And to be totally honest with you, one of the biggest questions that comes across my desk, my DMS, my, my texts, my phone calls, conversations that I have with other moms is surrounded around alcohol. Like how do you get your partner to stop drinking? Or, you know, a lot of the issues in my marriage stem from my partner being the child of an alcoholic, or they are the child of an alcoholic. And it just, it isn't funny. And it's in their face all the time, all the time, all the time. And it feels like lots of us are trying to show up and do the work and raise our children differently than we were raised. I think that most generations want to do that. And I think it's admirable. We're trying to sort out our stuff. We're trying to do the work. We're trying to dive deep within ourselves and get to know our true selves. A lot of us feel like we're recovering from our childhoods, you know, without it being a commentary on our parents. 
and just figuring it out. And then when it comes to alcohol, this is like the one area that a lot of people have put blinders onto and not really looked at it very thoroughly, but it's touchy, it's tricky. And I think when it comes down to it, it really truly is an ad campaign that has kind of gone awry and, and become problematic for a lot of people. So when I see a lot of the memes and reels and different things that encourage moms to drink, to drink too much to drink, to escape, um, that wine is a need rather than a want and just encourages an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. That to me is a big red flag, but you know, mommy wine culture, isn't the, it's the biggest example for me, but it's not the only one. There are influencer campaigns that I know bother a lot of moms and they're like, do people actually use these products or are they just getting paid to say that they use those products? There's a lot of FOMO around it. Um, had an interesting conversation with someone who said, uh, like, there's this tunic that all the influencers are wearing. And I feel like I want that tunic too, but I don't think I'm a tunic person. And I don't think it would look good on me. You know, when you're seeing this, this messaging come in, is it an ad campaign or is it an actual resource or heart to heart conversation or article or blog or journal entry from another mom who's trying to make you feel resourced and heard and understood. Um, you know, I highly recommend that you do your own research on these bigger blogs too. We're talking millions of followers on these blogs. And if you do a quick search for who owns them, it'll be some random company, um, with a very strange name. And then you look who owns that company. And then you look who owns that company, who owns that company, who owns that company. And you'll find the names and pictures of these international bigwigs who have nothing to do with motherhood who own all of these mom blogs. It's super, super wild. So now, even now I kind of look at all of these messages that are being put out by all of these big quote unquote blogs. And I'm like, Oh, actually that was owned. Those people own diapers.com too. No wonder they wanted to get into the mom blog business. It is wild. You guys wild. So if you want to go down a rabbit hole, my gosh, there's two for you right there. Find out who owns all of these big blogs and then also read Holly Whitaker's book and Laura McCowan's book and find out about the, the big alcohol mommy wine culture ad campaign stuff. It, it's pretty wild. And, and you know, those aren't the only two ad campaigns out there. The third lens I put on is about mindset and messaging. So that, let me give you an example to explain this one. I posted about it on Instagram and got so much feedback. So I'll share it with you here. There was a meme that came across my feed. I follow hashtag mom life. Wow. That is about the most all over the map <laughs> hashtag I've ever seen in my life. But one of them was a picture of like sleeping beauty looking like crap, just waking up and above it, it says like, Oh, what fresh hell awaits me today. And it basically also implied that this is what moms think every single morning that they wake up and it made me super sad. It, I know there are moms who wake up and have a hard time. I know there are many moms who wake up and have a hard time every single day, every single day, every single day for a while. But I also believe that that is not your lot in life. 
and that there are options and resources and, and things that we can do to work on our mindset, to work on our mental health so that we don't feel like that is our life. And that is the only thing there is. So when we wake up in the morning and we're like, Oh, what fresh hell awaits me today. That is your mindset for the day. And your day will be filled with what feels like a fresh hell because mindset matters. Mindset matters. And I have gone through seasons of my life where I don't wake up with a prayer on my heart and mind. First thing, um, I have gone through seasons where I want to wake up and then just check my phone first thing, or I've been extra exhausted and just wanted to stay in bed, or there have been big projects that need to be done that have felt scary to me rather than motivating. And so that has made me feel like I wanted to stay in bed. Um, difficult conversations that I've had to have, you know, things like kids and surgery where you're just like, Oh my gosh, is today the day? And where are we going to find our strength in those moments? Where are we going to find our perspective? And for me, I change those challenging mornings by praying. I wake up grateful every day for the opportunity to use my talents, to connect with other moms, to live a life of purpose, to be the mother to these amazing children. I ask that my head and my heart be filled with reminders of my love for my family, my love for my children, even in the difficult moments, prayer and gratitude. I'm telling you, those are the mindsets to start your day with. Not all of these other memes that encourage you to like chuckle for a few minutes. But if you think about it, if that's what you're looking for, you're looking for that understanding. Um, you're looking for another mom who understands that you're in a challenging season. I want you to know that you're never alone ever, 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 ever. I mean, everyone's situation is totally unique, but all of us go through challenging mornings, challenging seasons, challenging chapters of our lives, challenging days, moments, all of it. And we can lean on other moms and, and lean into moms who are stronger in that moment. All of these moms who are out there talking about mindset and the power of mindset, we can lean into them when we are drawing a blank on how to make our days better on how to wake up with gratitude on even how to pray. I've got, um, an episode about how to pray and all about prayer also here that I, I will link to in the show notes as well. So if that's new to you or you're looking for fresh ideas, there's a lot of people out there who are talking about mindset and prayer and gratitude. And so if we find that we are not strong enough in that season or that moment or that day, or just one particular morning, it's okay to lean into all of those women who also understand who can give you fresh ideas about how to get out of what feels like a fresh hell. And just to me, it never feels like it's worth it to poison my mindset as a woman, as a mom, as a person, as a whole person, it's never worth a five second chuckle or even a two second chuckle for that in exchange for that poison. So I try to avoid all of the mindset messaging that tells me that life is awful. Motherhood is awful. And that not every moment is glamorous. This isn't like a Pollyanna journey that we're on. Heck, even Pollyanna fell out of a tree, right? And had a hard morning and didn't want to get up literally. 
but we also don't have to stay there. And we also can constantly be working on our mindset and just be aware of what messages are coming into your life. Is it just, if you're wanting to feel understood, there are ways of feeling understood and feeling resourced and supported and seen and deeply loved that don't involve poisoning our mindset. The fourth lens I put on is has to do with messages that paint our kids as jerks. Any messages out there, I mean, the quintessential example is the terrible twos that has really, truly gotten way out of control. I know the toddler years are super challenging. I just exited (laughs) um, back to back to back toddler years, and I totally get it. But any messages that don't resource parents... Um, teach them about normal child development, about how to get through the toddler years and thrive you and your child instead of just survive, instead of just drinking wine and calling your kid an asshole. There are so many other ways that we can approach parenting, that we can approach normal child development. So any of this messaging, any of the sarcastic stuff that just does nothing but paint kids as jerks, I drop that. Oh, so hard because I believe that if you go into an age or a stage with the bias that it will be terrible, guess what? It's going to be terrible, but motherhood doesn't have to be terrible. It really truly doesn't. There are so many resources and so much support out there and so much information that we have at our fingertips about normal child development. I say normal, but really what I mean is just child development, all child development, atypical or quote unquote normal, so many resources. And I wish that more moms knew that they could lean into that, that parents are talking about it. They're talking about the challenges without calling their kids jerks. They're talking about the challenges and the different ages and stages without thinking that it is going to be terrible, horrible, no good, very bad. Because quite frankly, there are messages out there about every single age and how terrible it is. There is also information out there about how to thrive in every single age as well. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be terrible moments. There are, there are moments that, you know, the word asshole might come into our heads about how it is we feel about our child or a situation or a circumstance in that moment. We can also forgive ourselves, forgive our children and heal that moment. There are resources to help heal that moment. And quite frankly, anytime I find myself saying something similar or feeling that way about my kid, I realize that for every time I point my finger, there are three fingers pointed back at me. I try to remember that. And if I feel not strong enough in the moment to be the initiator of the healing, because that's what adults do, but sometimes (laughs) adulting is very challenging and is very hard. I pray for the strength in that moment. So I don't just rely on myself. I, I call upon God and all the angels to help me heal those thoughts in my head and my heart, because I don't actually believe that about my kids. I'm just challenged in that situation. And so I ask for the strength and the guidance and the clarity to move forward as the adult in that situation. 
So that being said, that lens is a big one for me too. Anything that paints our kids as jerks and nothing else. Oh man, I avoid that like the plague because I don't want that seeping into my motherhood full time, especially for an entire year with things like terrible twos and three nagers. That's actually back to back two quote unquote terrible years. And I don't think it's fair to my kids or myself or my family in general. So I try to put on that lens as much as I can. And if I'm having a hard moment, I either pray about it or I look up resources for that specific age or stage. And the last lens I put on has to do with expectations. I really feel like there's a lot of unspoken, unrealistic expectations out there and a lot of perfectionism messaging. To me, one of the biggest toxic messages in motherhood is actually pretty unspoken. It almost feels like moms have this pressure put on them to have everything be perfect all the time. And if it's not perfect all the time, then it's absolute crap. It's all or nothing. For example, infant sleep. Wow. (laughs) Another versus culture thing too. But in this lens of unspoken, unrealistic expectations, when it comes to infant sleep, There are a lot of moms out there striving to have their babies, quote unquote, sleep through the night and anything other than the baby sleeping through the night in their own crib in another room and mom and dad sleeping in the same bed, getting a full eight hours of uninterrupted sleep is absolute crap. So they feel like every night that that scenario isn't just perfect of the parents getting a full eight hours of sleep and the baby sleeping in the crib in another room, also getting a full night's sleep and everyone wakes up well rested, then they have failed at infant sleep. And that's just not the case. It's just not the case, but that is the unspoken expectation that a lot of parents have going into infant sleep. And for a lot of us at this point, we realize that, well, by that standard, literally every single night would be crap. I'll give you a homeschool example as well. After talking with a lot of moms, especially new homeschoolers, um, and I totally get it right. Cause the infant sleep thing feels also feels like a new parent thing. Um, with the homeschool, there are a lot of unspoken, unrealistic expectations. So a lot of parents will feel like that every day, should look like your child sitting at the desk or a table, perfectly completing the worksheets you ask them to do without complaint or opinion in a timely focused fashion with hundred percent accurate answers and anything other than that picture. Perfect happiness is crap. Well, if that is your standard and that's what you're striving for every single day of your kids sitting there, getting all the right answers, doing it right. Every single time listening to you without fidgeting, without being interested in other things, without expressing their opinions, then your whole homeschool day will feel like crap all the time, all the time, all the time. And it'll feel like you're fighting against your kid when they're just doing natural age appropriate child things. And, and every child learns differently. Every child sleeps differently. Every family looks different. And so I try really hard to put on that lens and look to see what society is telling me, my motherhood, my sleep, my parenting, my homeschool, my life, 
is supposed to look like all the shoulds, right? This is what you should be doing. This is what your child should be doing. Uh, if there's a, maybe I should call it the should lens. So if you find yourself trying to morph your day, morph your family into one of those shoulds of what you think society, our culture is trying to tell you your, your insert thing here should look like, then that is a red flag for you to look and see if there are unspoken, unrealistic expectations at play. Because all of these messages, all five of these lenses, I feel like are encouraging moms to identify with the collective rather than their true selves and their family values. And if you have been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that I believe that opting out of societal messages is what brings moms the most peace. It has for me, it has for a lot of my personal friends and also other listeners who have reached out to me and shared that about themselves. And it's also really important to align your actions with your values. So if we are looking at the modern motherhood messaging that's out there, it really, truly, to me, the ad campaigns, the mindset stuff, the, the painting, our kids is terrible and everything is hard and everything is crap. The, all the shoulds, all the unrealistic expectations, it's encouraging us to identify with the collective and the collective messaging right now is not very fun. It's not very positive. It's very verses filled. Oh, yuck. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth almost every single day, which is why I encourage moms to put on these lenses, look to see if the messaging is poisoning their mindset if, or if it's serving their family or not. And I think most of the time you'll find that a lot of this messaging does not serve our families. It does not help you get closer to your true self and your happiness and peace as a whole person. And it definitely doesn't align with a lot of family values of, of friends and family, and then even our own family values. So what makes these messages toxic, in my opinion, is anything that disempowers moms too, because you and I both know that moms are the most powerful creatures on the planet. We are raising entire generations. We set the tone of our house. We're amazing. <laughs> we do so much and we change the world. We, we bring life into the world. We sustain it. We grow it. We put ideas that will literally shape the next generations. It's amazing. So any messaging at all that takes you out of that power to me is toxic. So if any of the memes or any of the ideas that are being shared with you, any of the shoulds, any of that make you feel disempowered or take you away from your power, that to me is a super red flag. Anything that makes you reliant on escapism or a substance, it disempowers you and keeps you from finding out what's really bothering you or what you really need help with. Um, I really feel like a lot of this messaging removes our motivation as moms and our ability to find resources that can support us in our parenting and our womanhood and in our life. So look at that empowerment piece. And if you feel like there's any messaging out there that disempowers you, Ooh, time to throw that toxic stuff away. 
Something else that makes these messages toxic is anything that pits moms against each other. Mommy wars to me is a construct. It's like we never matured past middle school when we were trying to figure out like what friendship and social hierarchy looks like. And it just feels like we fall for it even in adulthood too, but it doesn't have to be that way. So we can let go of the mommy wars. We can let go of the versus culture. We can let go of anything that pits moms against other moms. Because again, that even goes back to not only disempowering ourselves, but then disempowering our sisters as well. And heading back to the mindset too, anything that poisons your mindset and keeps you in a negative spiral to me is toxic. I'm not saying have a constant stream of inspirational quotes coming through your phone or anything like that. I mean, you can, it sounds fine to me, but any of the mainstream messaging that says you're tired, you're a hot mess. You never get to shower. Your kids are in your way and they're ruining your life. You only get to drink cold coffee that you wish was hot. You do everything and no one ever helps you ever anything like that, that keeps you in a mindset, makes you feel unappreciated and keeps you in a negative spiral. That to me is absolutely toxic. Anything that paints your life as something other than you want it to be pay attention to that kind of messaging, my happiness and the happiness of many of my close friends and podcast guests. Like I've said before, it comes from opting out of these mainstream messaging about what life and motherhood is supposed to look like our thoughts become our actions and our actions make up our everyday life. So if there are messages out there that are seeping into your heart and your head that are keeping you in a negative spiral that are disempowering you, that are telling you you're tired, you're awful. No one appreciates you all of that. It's keeping you from finding the real answers and meeting your real needs. Opt out of that opt out, opt out, opt out, and start living the life that you want an empowered life. One where you feel resourced and supported and heard and loved and known. That is all available to you. And a lot of this mainstream messaging tells you that it's not. It tells you that, oh no, you have to identify with this. You have to identify with that. No, you can identify with abundance, with love, with confidence, with peace. Identify with those things. It is an option. It's not a mainstream option, but it is an option. And again, anything that encourages you to identify with the collective instead of aligning with yourself, that to me is contributes to toxic messaging. It's really important to align our actions and our values, not what society tells us we should laugh at and align with in order to be cool or seen as, you know, the cool mom, but our actual family values. I want to have a close relationship with my husband. So I don't share all the memes that say I do it all by myself because I don't or ones that paint men as idiots, which is gosh, in every cartoon and, and all of these different memes, they're not, you know, these are our dads, our husbands, our sons, our grandpas, our coworkers, you know, our cousins, our brothers, people we respect and love. There are men as well. And there's just this constant stream of men or idiots messaging out there. And, and to me, they're not, so I don't, I don't share about it or any of these memes that say that kids are jerks and to, are to blame for absolutely everything. It's just wild to me. I actually recently saw a huge mom account online post 
And one day, you know, F these kids. And there was this big meme about it and just, ugh, I can't believe them. And then the next day they post something that says, perhaps if tearful boys were comforted instead of shamed, there wouldn't be so many angry men struggling to empathize with emotions. Do you see the disconnect there? I mean, one day they're posting this F these kids. The other one is like, oh, we need to be nicer to, to boys and men and all of that. So comforting crying boys helps men grow up, not confused and confident in their emotions, but saying F these kids and saying their natural child behavior is the reason you drink doesn't negatively affect their confidence and ability to deal with emotions in a healthy way. I mean, that's what I got out of this. It's almost like they can't decide, um, which direction they want to go. And, and yes, I know that there are ups and downs and there are high moments and low moments and high thoughts and low thoughts and motherhood and all of that, but just the inconsistency and the disconnect with it, it just, man, toxic, 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 poison, 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 right straight to your heart. And it feels confusing. And I think what it really comes down to is us healing this disconnect in the world by being really clear about who we are and what our family values are and what our purpose is in motherhood and how it is we show up. And ultimately, if we chuckle at these memes that kind of poke fun at our hard days, what we're really looking for for in that moment is connection and to feel heard and understood. Most moms want to be seen as the whole woman that they are. Kids want to feel connected too. You know, we want to feel connected to our friends, our family, our home, the world around us. But we're not going to find genuine connection in messages that take away our power feed us impossible expectations and leave us impaired and physically and emotionally whacked out or drive wedges between us and the ones that we love. That's not what genuine connection is about. That's not where we're going to find our peace and our happiness. So what can we do? I think there are a few things that we can do. Um, to help change the, the culture, to help change the society that we live in, to help heal it, to be part of that connection. And I think one easy thing we can do is stop sharing these memes and messages. It's as simple as that when it comes to social media. We can put on our lenses, we can look at these messages and say, you know, is this really elevating motherhood? Is this really bringing other moms up? Is this supporting my sisters? Is this promoting genuine connection? And if the answer is no, just don't share it. Another thing we can do is pay attention to what we're allowing into our life and why, you know, do you just need a laugh? Do you just need to feel understood? What are your needs and what are you allowing into your life to meet those needs or speak into your life? It really does take a lot of self-reflection and self-analysis, which we are not encouraged to do in our culture. We're encouraged to be distracted and disconnected and just chuckle and, and drink and, and move on. But taking the time to pay attention to what it is you're allowing in your life and why makes a huge, huge, huge difference. And just sitting down and asking yourself what it is you need is going to show you so much. It's going to shine a big light onto your true self with just that simple question of figuring out what it is you need and then allowing things into your life that genuinely meet those needs for connection, for laughter, for sisterhood, for community, all of it. I think another thing we can do is use our frustrations or worry or really any emotion that's sold to us as negative 
as, as negative emotions, like those are clues that we can use to figure out what our needs are and to really get to know our true selves. You know, are you yelling all the time? I mean, is that why all the yelling memes are funny to you? Like instead of finding comfort and understanding in those memes that say, you know, when you ask nicely 20 times and it doesn't get done, then you yell and they ask you why you're always yelling. That's a meme with a picture of Gwyneth. I believe Gwyneth Paltrow smoking. I feel like that was a really popular one that was going around. But if you can identify with that message, you can use that as a clue. If that's you, it's it's pretty clear that there is a communication breakdown happening. But don't worry, because we all have communication breakdowns. There is no perfect parent out there, but there are a ton of resources out that can help with that particular type of communication breakdown. There are so many tools and resources and parenting support that can show you different ways of asking, talking, and working with your kids instead of seeing them as always against you and that you need to yell and that that is the only option. So if you're frustrated with yelling, if you wish it were different, if you feel like your kids would you know, quote unquote, listen to you more or do as they're told more. There are so many resources out there about communication between parent and child that can help. So if you have any of these frustrations, these worries, or what we're told are negative emotions to me, they're not negative. They're just natural. They're normal. And we can use any of that as clues as to what's not working well. You can also use all the, you know, quote unquote, positive emotions of happiness, joy, peace, serenity. If that's a thing in parenthood, you can use those as clues for what's working well, and then repeat that if that's what's working and that's, what's bringing your family peace and joy and happiness and all of that. Any of these emotions that we're feeling don't have to be positive or negative, whatever they are, they're always clues to get to know ourselves and our children and our families and everyone's needs just a little bit more. For every stigma and joke out there too, there are resources. There are absolutely resources for any of that stuff. So anything from the terrible twos to the three majors to any of the teenagers are just so horrible stuff. There are resources that can break down those stigmas and jokes and actually give people support during challenging times. So even then, if you're looking in that and you're identifying with those memes, I'm saying, yeah, that that's what this season of my life feels like right now. Always, always, always know that there are resources for you. So instead of this toxic messaging out there, just infiltrating our motherhood culture and bringing us down things that I'd like to see normalized instead are ups and downs, because at this point it kind of feels like we have to prove that there are ups and downs. Um, because if you share only the good moments on Instagram, you know, everyone says, Oh, that's not real life. It's just your highlight reel. It's, it's not real. You're not real. And I can tell you for a fact that everything I share on Instagram or on Patreon is authentic. It's me showing up in ways that I want to show up in ways that I want to inspire. No one is obligated to share their entire lives. They're not obligated to share the hard moments or just the good moments or, you know, any one thing they're allowed to show up any way that they want. I wish that it were more understood that ups and downs are normal for everyone. They just are that that is 
the norm and that I don't have to post a picture of my dirty living room or dirty dishes in order to be seen as real. Just know that I have ups and downs too. Every mom does. Every parent does. Every, everyone does. We have highs, we have lows. That's normal. And if that were just understood and accepted on a very deep level, I think that some of the comparison and the toxicity would also start to naturally melt away too. So if you ever have any things start to, to show up inside yourself, or you start to feel judgment toward other people of like, Oh, it just looks like they have a picture perfect life. No, we know that the norm is that everyone has ups and downs. Everyone has highs and lows. Everyone has great seasons and really hard seasons too. And, and that's, what's normal. And no one has to prove that it would just be a given just understood by everyone. I think that a lot of the toxicity would melt out, uh, of our culture because we just know that and accept it. And we wouldn't have to spend so much time trying to prove it. You know, I wish it was also just normalized that we're all different, that there is no one size fits all answer for everybody ever for any topic or any situation in life, there is no one size fits all answer. We're just all different. And if that were just deeply understood, I think life would be easier too. I do wish that more people also saw the value in aligning your actions and your values. And just knowing that there's a lot of peace that comes with that individually and as a family too. clearer communication, more daily peace. If that just becomes a priority of aligning your actions and your values. I also wish knowing yourself was really appreciated in our culture too, that we're all on this journey, individual journey. I mean, even in families, right? I'm right now we're a family of five and there are five individuals on five individual journeys who are living life and doing life together as a family and under the same roof. But the truth is that we're all trying to get to know our true selves too, and show up and live out our purpose. If knowing ourselves was a more accepted cultural value, especially in motherhood. And if the moms went first and made it a priority to know our true selves, wow. 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 Life-changing stepping into your power stuff. I wish the power of mindset was also normalized and that it was talked about more openly in front of our children and among our sisters and in our houses and really just looked at as valuable and important and life-changing because as it stands right now, it doesn't feel like a lot of the mainstream memes and messages really put a lot of value on mindset. Um, because I think if they did, it wouldn't be so negative and so out of control, spiraling and discouraging and disempowering. I also wish mental health awareness was a more mainstream topic that didn't have as many stigmas and just knowing ourselves and and knowing more about mental health. I wish that was more normalized. I wish parenting resources and support was the norm rather than this withholding of information from parents. I mean, even down to things like, you know, the pediatrician's office, you know, and every pediatrician is different. And remember, there's no one size fits all answer for anybody ever. 
but you're just supposed to listen to the quote unquote experts. And so if one person tells you, this is my opinion about this situation, you're just supposed to accept it and move on. And if not, you're, um, you know, an online mom or, or internet mom, is that what they call them? Um, or you're disrespectful or you just don't know, or you're ignorant, you know, just all that kind of messaging, like no way, no way, no way. Are there experts in the world? Sure. Ish. Um, there are a lot of people with a lot of information and expertise and, and passion and knowledge, um, who also have opinions and they share those opinions. And remember, there is no one size fits all answer for anything ever. So if parenting resources and support were more normalized rather than this whole, like you have to turn to the experts and listen to them instead, oh man, no way. It just, it disempowers the parent. So I think that resources and support just being openly available, um, and seen as the norm would be really powerful too. And getting rid of a lot of the toxic messaging that's out there for parents. And the very last thing that I wish was more normalized in our culture was that there is no one and nothing that is perfect and that that standard just doesn't exist. So if you're looking for the perfect day the perfect party, the perfect anything. It just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And if we could just normalize that, that perfection just isn't a thing and just accept it, we again, wouldn't have to be proving all the time that we're, you know, perfect or not perfect. It just, it just wouldn't even be a thing. We all have the ups and downs and highs and lows, and we're all different. And you know, if we're aligning our actions and values, well, those are all going to be different and unique to every individual and family, you know, knowing yourself, the power of mindset, mental health awareness, the, the normalizing of resources and support, all of that would just show that there is no such thing as, as perfection. So at this very moment in time, it feels a little pipe dreamy to really set out to change our American motherhood culture but I think it's really important. I sense the desire for change in moms. They, they want to feel more empowered. They want to know themselves more. They want to let go of the mommy war stuff and the versus culture and the ridiculous standards. They want to follow their intuition more. I hear it. I see it on a daily basis. And I guess what I want to tell you in the opposite of toxic messaging is that you can, you can do all of those things. You can step into that. And every time that you do, you are modeling that for your children. And you're also modeling that for other moms as well. And sometimes just the simple act of, of stepping into your truth and changing your mindset and, and letting go of the mainstream messages then gives other people permission to do just the same thing. So you're not alone ever in anything. So if you're feeling like, yeah, things do need to change in our culture, in our societal messaging, it does need to be elevated. And I want to be part of that. You are not alone in that feeling and in that desire almost every single other mom I come across wants that they want the, the freedom from all the toxic messaging. They want to be part of this change. They want to step into their power. And so we will, and, and we are one day at a time, one message at a time, one morning at a time. So, oh my gosh, 
Thank you so much for listening to this. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for wanting to get to know yourself better, for normalizing empowerment and sisterhood and moving in a positive direction. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the ways that you show up. Thank you for spending your valuable time with me. And thank you for reaching out and letting me know what your thoughts are on this. I would love, love, love to continue this conversation with you and find out what sort of messages you feel like are toxic, or maybe there are some things I brought up today that you don't feel like are toxic to you. And I would love to know more about that. I would love to continue that conversation and find out how and why you're showing up and and making changes. Because I also think that discussing it and talking about it and showing up with our differences and our similarities and, and all of it together is also part of what's going to change the world too. So thank you so much. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I'm super stoked to connect with you next Saturday too. Take very good care, mama. I appreciate you. That's it for this episode of elevating motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration, or maybe a little of both. If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.